What's up, guys, people? On today's video, we are going to talk about why artificial intelligence and algorithms lead the human race. That's right, the human race. What is that? The idea of dehumanizing the human race. I'm going to make some strong arguments today and tell you why I think we should be at least a little concerned about some of the developments out here um, in advancements in artificial intelligence. Artific Artificial intelligence. I can't talk people. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about why we should at least be a little bit concerned about some of these advance, uh, advancements. We're going to look at a couple of articles, um, you know, that's been floating around about some of the AI, the new features and new um, organizations launching AI. And then I'm going to share some thoughts around algorithms. I actually think we're going to start with the algorithms and how over time algorithms being introduced into social media has actually led to dehumanizing us as well. And maybe, just maybe, just so you don't think I'm just this negative person out here, I'll talk about one or two positive things um, that has come from AI and um, algorithms or uh, maybe some positive things that we could look forward to in utilizing these things. But ultimately, I believe that, you know what I'm saying, we gotta be careful, especially as believers in the world today, um, you know, people who are greedy want to just have more and more and more. Uh, I'm always reminded of the idea of the Tower of Babel in the book of Genesis and this idea of like, yeah, something beautiful. When human beings come together, um, we can build something. We get on one accord. But then sometimes, sometimes, sometimes what we are trying to build has an evil purpose that goes against God's will. And that's just something about us as human beings. You know, if we being real, we can take stuff too far sometimes. You know what I'm saying? So today we're going to talk a little bit about AI and uh, algorithms. Sorry, had a brain. <laughs> I just like, look, I ain't. Be, let, can I tell you all something before we jump into it? Uh, one quick story. I just came back from vacation last week. So it's the first podcast we've done in a couple of weeks. And I've been super busy. I was super busy leading up to vacation and super busy coming out of vacation. But I want to tell you uh, what happened to me on vacation when I almost lost my wallet. Well, I kind of did lose my wallet. So I think that's a good place to start. You know what I'm saying? Look, real quick. We're in this mall in Miami, um, downtown. We go here whenever we go to Miami. We like to go to this one mall, get something to eat, you know, just kind of unwind or whatever. Nice little mall. I'm sitting on the phone with my brother Darius. You know what I'm saying? And I hate doing two things at once. I'm on the phone with Darius and I had put my wallet in my front pocket because when I used it last, I had too much stuff in my hand. Long story short, me and my wife leave the mall. We, we were walking. We were actually going to catch a cab. We were walking maybe like seven minutes away from the mall. And I like touched my, my pants and I'm like, yo, I don't have my wallet. And if y'all could imagine the fear that I, that was crossing my mind, because this was a, expensive mall we were at like okay they had a rolex store that's all i needed to see to know that somebody could just take my wallet and just go start swiping and buying rolexes so i was i was so hurt but we ran back thank god went back to the seat i was sitting in when i was on the phone with darius and i lift my leg to cross my leg and it, my wallet was in my front pocket and it fell out i had remembered that moment and figured that's where it fell out and thank god when i went back my wallet was sitting right there isn't that beautiful y'all because if somebody would have found my wallet it really could have been a wrap out here. I was hurt. All right, long, that's that's that story. Now let's jump into the topic today. Um, you know, why AI and algorithms lead the human race, the human, 
uh, this idea of dehumanizing the human race. First, I want to start about let's look at the world before algorithms. So let's go back maybe, I don't know, seven, eight years ago before algorithms were really introduced into social media, at least algorithms in the way we know it today. And for anybody who doesn't really know what an algorithm is, it is really just how you see your feed on social media. When you log into YouTube, the videos that they're choosing to show you based on your past behavior, based on your interest, and you know they kind of say, hey, you and this person have the same interest, so we think you want to see this person's post every day. Now, when you go to the world before algorithms, let me tell you something. I actually enjoy social media a lot more because it was kind of an open, free public space. It was a space that you come to, and when you show up to social media, whoever are the other people there at the same time as you, y'all see each other post, right? So if I log into social media at three o'clock in the afternoon and you log into social media at three o'clock in the afternoon, we see each other's posts in real time. So social media reminded me a lot of like going to a mall or something like that, right? If you show up at the mall at the same time as me and we happen to run into each other, then we see each other, right? But, right, maybe that wasn't good enough. The other thing I really liked about like this open kind of free space is that you actually have more interactions with people. Why is that? Because none of us log into social media at the exact same time every day, just like you don't go to the mall at the exact same time or a restaurant at the exact same time every day. So what happens? Every day of my life, 99% of the people that I see in the world, I don't know them. I've never seen them before or at least don't remember them. Why is that? Because when you're out operating in the world, me and you are going places all at different times. And when you run into somebody that you know, it's more of a coincidence. Like, oh, you happen to be here at the same time as me. And that's how social media used to be as more of an open forum where you could see a lot more people post. Um, and, you know, see updates from people. You're seeing a different set of posts at 11 o'clock in the morning versus three o'clock in the afternoon. So I really enjoyed that version of social media. Uh, what up, J-Pat? How you feeling, bro? He said you need a new algorithm because this podcast keep coming up, whatever. This, see this, I told y'all I was going to say a couple positive things about the algorithms throughout today's episode. And that is one of them. Like, yeah, you know, Shout out to the algorithm that keep pulling my podcast up um, on y'all thread. What else I got to say? You know, it was overall, it was just current. That's what I really liked about the algorithms prior to or social media experience prior to the algorithms is that I'm seeing something current and fresh, whatever you thinking or feeling or posting right now. And that was just super enjoyable to me. Now, let's look at this world after the algorithm and, you know, why I'm a little bit concerned and why I feel like there's a little bit at least of dehumanization that takes place um, as it relates to algorithms and how they play into it. Well, first and foremost, it is a controlled environment. So when you bring in algorithms, which were essentially brought in for advertisement purposes so that companies can you know, pay social media like Facebook for advertising, because when you're doing an advertising or marketing campaign, it is all about the demographics. It is all about being able to control the reach of the individuals that you are marketing your product to. So if you take a product like in, you know, a cup, a Yeti cup or something like that, right? So let's say you take a Yeti tumbler and it 
Yeti wants to specifically market their Tumblr to men ages 35 to 55 who like hunting or outdoor activities, then they can go to Facebook and say, hey, you have this algorithm that keeps track of everything that everyone does and all of their interests. I'm going to pay you $2 million for this marketing campaign. Now, here you go. I want to reach those specific people. So that's the purpose of why the algorithm was actually necessary is so that social media companies can make money because without advertising, social media organizations don't make money. So again, we understand at least that part, but it created a control environment. So social media algorithms create this environment now where you are not seeing different people every day. When you think about it, you log into Facebook every day, you see the same 30 to 50 people over and over again. And then as times you're seeing their posts from three days ago, there are times that I've logged into social media this week and I'm still seeing a post that somebody made about the Super Bowl. So for whatever reason, Facebook is saying, hey, you, you like interacting with this person so much. We want to show you what they did three days ago. And so social media with the algorithm is not as fresh of a user experience for me because I really don't care what you were doing three days ago. If I did, I would have logged in three days ago. And so this idea of having old and stale content. And then also, I don't want to see five posts from the same person again and again and again, necessarily. It doesn't mean that I don't care what this person is saying, but it means that if I have 5,000 friends, I want to hear a little bit of everything from the 5,000 people versus hearing all of everything from 100 people. And that's what the algorithms have done as they have studied our behavior and our interactions with people and, you know, pretty much made us live in this controlled environment where we have four to five people, 100 people, whatever. But it's a much smaller space. Right. So it's no longer like going to the mall and just happening to run into different people every time. It would be like me going to the mall today. And the mall saying, you know what, we're going to show you the people that were here the last three days simply because we think you like these people. And for me, this whole algorithm controlled environment, it's not really human. Like if we be real, it dehumanizes us at least just a little bit. It makes us also engage in a lot more groupthink. So let's say as an example, if you are a Republican and the algorithm says, OK, I'm going to show you. A hundred other Republicans. You are never going to hear what a Democrat uh, person thinks at all because we want to show you the same type of thinking. Also, that works the same on the other way around. I know people are politically um, triggered, so I didn't mean that in any type of way. I'm not, you know, I'm independent politically, so that's sidebar. But my point with that is the fact that if we show you just one side of the thinking and we control the type of post that you see every day, then we create a worldview for you. That means you're not even living in the real world. You're living in this controlled environment of an algorithm. Now, try to imagine what an algorithm would look like in real life. I'm going to give you an example. I like to go to sports events, sporting events. That's something I enjoy to do. NBA, NFL, college games. When I go to a sporting event in real life, guess what? It's all type of people here. It's flashy people. I went to the Pistons game, um, a couple Pistons games a, a month ago in January. It's flashy people there. 
it's Christians. I ran into some people I know. It's people I don't know. You got some goons in the building. You got some nerds in the building. But the whole thing, you got some people that drink, some people that don't. But the whole idea is that we are all coming into this common public space for this common cause of either being fans of one of these teams or either just wanting to enjoy ourselves and have a night out with our spouse or our friends. And it's something about different people coming together for a common cause that is just human. Like, it's actually human. And guess what? When you were at a basketball game and I'm rooting for the Pistons and you got on a Piston hat too, nobody asks, are you a Republican? Are you Democrat? Are you Libertarian? It doesn't matter because we are Piston fans. And that humanizes us. That experience allows us to see people who are different than us, maybe come from a different background, maybe talk a little different, maybe dress a little different, maybe feel emotionally a little different or have a different temperament. But the beautiful thing about things like sports or a common cause that brings us together is that we don't agree about everything, but we do agree about this thing. We want the Pistons to win or we want this team to make it to the finals. And it's just something about the human spirit that when we can find a way to agree and get on the same page, we're a lot better than when we are at each other's necks. And the problem with social media and these algorithms and the fact that it's dehumanized us somewhat is that now we see each other as avatars. We don't see each other as real people. So we interact with each other like avatars. Think about how many times if you made a post that you will see a person trolling you, right? Trolling. We got this idea of trolling. People don't even really troll like that for real in real life. I go all type of places in the world. I have conversations if I'm in a line at the, you know, I don't even, at a restaurant. I don't know. Maybe we we all out waiting and we waiting to be seated. You hear different conversations. You know how many times somebody just walked in the middle of me and my wife talking about something because they overheard it and just like trolled with a comment? Never. Never, ever, ever, never would have said it. Listen, you ain't doing it because it's not human. The idea of every time somebody disagree with you, jumping in their comments and saying something ignorant, you're hiding behind an avatar. Because in that moment, let's be real. As a troll, you're not even human. Now, I ain't talking about if you joking with your friends like I like to do where people that you actually know or understand contextually where you're coming from, I definitely jump in and troll my friends and be silly, but it's obviously a joke to, I would say, 90% of people who can critically think when they're looking at it. But the human, as human beings, there have been times on social media in the last couple of years, especially when there's a big event, something negative happens, you know, and especially if it's race, racially or politically, Oh, my God, I could talk, Lord. Jesus, help me. I could talk. If it's racially or politically driven, um, you know, on social media, the world will look like it is falling apart. And then I'll go get me a smoothie at the smoothie shop. And whether the person white, black, Democrat, Republican, we perfectly fine because the real human spirit doesn't act like that. So am I saying that algorithms are all bad? No. Am I saying that the algorithm is necessarily making you act a certain way not necessarily because look we all have decisions and choices to make in our lives and it's up to you if you allow something to make you into something that you're not but what i am saying is that it does create an environment where you know 
it is creating a certain type of thought amongst people. As an example, when you talk about all the racial or politically driven things, um, if you censor the information and then, you know, you control what is considered, um, you know, fake news or whatever it is, if, if there's a central organization controlling that or a central group of people from one side controlling that, then that's not real life. Because in real life, you hear both sides of the story. In real life, you live next door to a Democrat and a Republican. In real life, the person across the street might be an alcoholic and the other person over there might be a monk. That's real life. And what that does is allows us to have different experiences that shape our reality because we've seen different people in different environments. But when you come into this controlled environment of social media with algorithms and people are controlling what is considered false information and what is not, and it's not even factual, it is emotionally driven or opinionated, then now you create a thought and a type of people that are basically like, yo, um, that's false information. And it's like, why are you saying that? Oh, because Facebook said it's false information. And again, that could just be a little a little like a gray area ish, you know what I mean? And then it also creates people that don't want to have conversations like these, because again, if something gets flagged as certain type of information, like a conversation like this, then now I can't even freely express how I feel because we live in this overly sensitive world where people are pretty much upholding their emotional feeling or opinion as a fact. And if you emotion, if you disagree with them emotionally, they actually don't even know how to coexist with you, which is also dehumanizing. It is human nature to exist amongst people who are different than you. It happens. We've been doing it. You go to school. Sometimes, you you know, you got the, the smart kid. You got the bullies. You got the athletes. You got the cheerleaders. These are all different types of people. That we've been coexisting with different types of people our whole life, whether we know it or not, even if we've been segregated in different ways, we have coexisted with different people because none of us are the same. And that's what makes us human. All right. Now I want to talk about um, artificial intelligence. So that was just my little take on uh, algorithms. Y'all know, let me know what y'all think. You know, if you think I'm way off on this, then please feel free to share your opinion. Um, if you agree, you know, like, comment, share all that good stuff. Let me know that you agree. Um, but again, I do think algorithms are something that we should be a little concerned about uh, because they can potentially dehumanize us. Although I do understand there's a need for them from a business marketing perspective. Um, and also, maybe you do like the idea of only you got 5000 Facebook friends, but you only see your top 100 people and you really want to see what all your cousins come out or your best friend or your mom. Like, that's understandable, too. All of my family is the first people on my Facebook feed, and I see everything they think or feel, whether I want to or not. So there's pros and cons to that. Now, let's jump into artificial intelligence, all right? Artificial intelligence, I really want to start this part of the conversation off uh, with a couple articles, because I think it's important if a person ain't really been following um, the news and the current events in the world of what's going on today as it relates to artificial intelligence, you might kind of feel like, what's the big deal, bruh? Like, I don't even know what's wrong with it. So, so I want to jump into, um, I want to jump into a, um, an article, right? Um, so there's an article, um, there's, there's two articles I want to take a look at. Uh, one is from CNET. Uh, let's, uh, let's do this. 
right? Let's make the article full screen. Like, oh, we put me in the corner. Um, so CNET, um, the, the headline here is why we're all obsessed with the mind-blowing chat GBT AI chatbot. So if you are not um, familiar with chat GBT, um, then you probably should be because it is pretty much an artificial intelligent bot that can answer questions, write essays, summarize documents, and program computers. But deep down, it doesn't know it's true. According to Stephen Shanklin um, from CNET, this was written on uh, February 17, 2023. Uh, the one thing that I want you to really realize is that this is basically Google on steroids. Google on steroids. Let's just see. I'm going to read quickly. I'm not going to read the whole article, but I just want to give you an idea of um, what it is. So there's a new AI bot in town, ChatGBT. Even if you aren't in, into artificial intelligence, pay attention because this one is a big deal. Um, let's see. Let's see. All right. The tool from a power player in AI called OpenAI lets you type natural language prompts. ChatGBT then offers conversational, if somewhat stilted, uh, responses. The, the bot remembers the thread of your dialogue using previous questions and answers to inform its next responses. It derives its answers from huge volumes of information on the internet. So that is ChatGBT. I just wanted to share a little bit about that um, from the standpoint of, you know, hey, um, this is out here in the world. So you basically have this ChatGBT where you can go in. I've seen people go in and type in something like, hey, write me a rap song um, as if it was written by Kanye West. So this, you know, as you know, think about a, a computer program like Google, it pretty much is just feeding you the information that has been input into it. So the first thing about our artificial intelligence is that at the beginning, at least, I believe at the beginning, you have to feed it the information. But I think the problem with artificial intelligence is then it evolves based on the information that it has. So if you give a, a artificial intelligence program all access to every article, every video, all the information that is on the entire Internet, that and it can process it much faster than a human. That means that this chat GBT can write a song as Kanye West because it's taking everything that it has learned about Kanye West. And it is assuming that this is a song that he can write. You know what I'm saying? What's up? What up in the comments? Lola Key, how you feeling? You say you be chat GBT and ask the site uh, to cite its sources too. That's hilarious. I'd be curious what it says about that. So, but here's the thing about for me, right? When you when you think about um, kind of this this AI, the first thing is that there's a lack of emotions, right? So. This computer program is only producing based on information. And I know we love information in society today, but information is not always education. Those are two different things in a way. They may overlap, but they're different because you can get a lot of information. But education, part of education is emotional. It's about how do I use it? I can go to college and get a marketing degree and I may have received a lot of information. It may be a hundred of us that graduated with that degree on the same day at the same time, but only one of us went on to build a, a $300 million company because that person had the understanding of how to utilize the information they received. And I believe that emotional emotion is a part of education and truly being educated on something. So these artificial intelligent programs are not emotional. They are just cold 
information, right? So they are feeding you things back based on the information that's been put into them. Um, one of my concerns about AI is that the machines are becoming smarter. So now we have ChatGBT, right? We went from, we had Siri and Alexa and Hey Google, right? We could talk to our phone. Now you can talk to your refrigerator, your stove, the lights in your house, right? All of the machines are getting smarter. But in my anecdotal experience and observation, the human beings are becoming less intelligent. And why do I say this? Because we are getting more information, but the problem is we don't know what to do with it. We are becoming less skilled at, as critical thinkers. What do I mean? A critical thinker considers things beyond their emotions, right? When you think about a person who lacks critical thinking, this is a person that typically takes an event or a situation and they respond simply based on how they feel. So it's like, oh, you know, uh, a, a car hit a tree in front of your house. Maybe this was your favorite tree or maybe it has a sentimental value. And so you feel hurt or frustrated. It would be like you going out there based on your emotional feeling because you don't know how to critically think and just cussing the person out who's in the car. And maybe they busted their head on the steering wheel because the airbag didn't come out. But you are just responding based on how you selfishly feel. That's a person that lacks um, emotional intelligence um, and pretty much lacks the ability to critical critically think. You know what I'm saying? I can talk, people. I promise I can talk. But let's say a person who's able to critically think, when that tree hits that, that car hits that tree, it may be that tree, maybe that tree was emotional. Maybe it did roll on the grass on your property or something. But you can take that hurt, that pain, that frustration, and you're thinking through the entire situation critically, and you're saying, I'm upset right now, but that person is hurt. And once you recognize that they're hurt, you prioritize that because you're able to critically think, right? You don't just have information, you have the intelligence to sort through the files. And so then you go and call the ambulance or go out there and perform CPR and that person lives. And then next week you grow new grass. You feel what I'm saying? But the person lived. Now, let me relate that to the world we live in today, because we struggle as it relates to critically thinking. We live in a world where something happens in the world. Something comes on the news, right? Breaking news. This happened in Minnesota. Something crazy happened. Or let me not use Minnesota because y'all going to like that just. I just said Minnesota. Let's just say, um, let me say somewhere else where something ain't really happened. Okay, Kansas City. I know of no major news story that happened in Kansas City. So let's say you turn on the news today, something happens in, May, in Kansas City, and for whatever reason, it's an emotional trigger with you. Maybe it was something, a story about Democrats, and you're a Democrat, so you had that feeling. Or maybe you are white, and it was a story about race, and maybe you're triggered from that. What typically happens is that these big major stories come out and we are triggered by these stories, by this information, right? Because we got a lot of information, but not a lot of education and intelligence to sort through it. And so then what happens is whatever our emotional trigger is, we respond to that. We get on social media, we pick up our phones, we start typing to people, da, 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 da. I hate you, I, this should never happen, da, da, da. We have none of the facts. None of the facts. You have no facts, but you are responding based on your emotions and you're not able to, you're literally unable to critically think through situations 
And so you just add more fuel to the fire. I feel like that's the world we live in today. Um, I feel like we are the more dependent we become on AI, on our phones, on all this stuff, um, then the more detached we become from each other. So one of my concerns is that human beings in general just seem more detached. It's a weird thing. In some ways, we are more connected than ever. Right. This is one of the good things about, you know, social media, algorithms, whatever you want to call it, artificial intelligence. There's a connectivity that had that has been allowed. I'm live streaming right now from my studio and, you know, people will watch either live or later on a replay. And you may be in Australia. You may be in Africa or Germany. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to everybody who watches the show or listens all around the world. I appreciate y'all. You may be in Austria. That's another um, country we get a few listeners. And the thing is, that's dope. That's really dope to have that connectivity. But here's the problem. If I become solely dependent on this level of connectivity, then I lose the real life connection. I'm going to give you an example. When I look at my friends and family, I'm just being real. This ain't talking about no person in particular because I know people will get offended. But when I look at my friends and family, I see my friends and family way less now over the last three to four years than I ever have in my life. But I hear from them more than I ever have. What do that mean? All of my families have a family chat. We got a family chat. People texting at five o'clock in the morning and they text in at 10 o'clock at night and all day long is updates and thoughts and stories and memes and videos. And that's the life. And I got friends where that's what they do. Hey, let's all chat. Let's all talk. And it's all good. But it's like, I'm like, bro, I ain't seen you in six years. I really don't even know if I know you. You get what I'm saying? And then on the flip, I'm just going to be real with y'all about me. I'm the type of person you got to know me in real life or I'm going to completely throw you off through a text message thread or online. I am going to throw you off. Why? Because I'm super opinionated. I'm going to share my thoughts. I am not a person who thinks like everybody else. So I could be in a text thread with pe with 20 people and they all saying one thing about some big story that happened. Like, oh, man, you see that? That's messed up. And I'm going to ask a simple question like, oh, what happened? What about this? What about that? And then I could tell when people don't like me. I could tell when people are frustrated with me or whatever. But it's like, bro, it's because you don't know me. I'm just the avatar to you. So when we just become dehumanized and we are nothing but avatars to each other, we lose the ability to have tough conversations. We can no longer talk about stuff we disagree with because we live in a world where the moment someone is different as a thinker than you, you have learned how to sort them into an algorithm in your mind. So now we have algorithms. Oh, he's a Trump supporter. Oh, he's an Obama supporter. Oh, this person is pro this. And what we do, we just categorize people and cut them off because we have literally started to adopt algorithms in our real life. And to me, that's something to be concerned about because it dehumanizes us. Let's see what y'all saying in the comments. What up, Malloy? Definitely connected and yet disconnected and it's intentional. Could not agree more. Uh, chat, J GBT update, J. Listen, bro, I, it's a part of me that I, I haven't logged into chat GBT yet. I don't, I don't even use Siri if I'm being real with y'all. So that's the level of person you're talking to. I'm like, eh, I don't want to get comfortable talking to my phone like it's a person. You feel what I'm saying? And I'll tell y'all this. I'm going to tell y'all the biggest, like the number one 
reason that I am concerned. And before I do that, let me go. Actually, I want to share something else. I want to share another article. How about that, people? Let's share another article. Let me go to it or my screen at. Uh, all right. Peep this. Um, peep this. Let me go to the full screen on this. So the the other crazy thing about all these uh, this AI is that, you know, obviously all the companies are racing to have just like you got Siri and Google and Alexa. They all want to have the one. You feel what I'm saying? They want to be the Google of this AI. So Microsoft, um, you know, they're being chatbot, you know, so, you know, of course, Microsoft wants to try to they couldn't beat Google with Bing. So they want to try to have their chatbot. Eagle has I mean, Google has barred. And in chat, uh, chat GBT, we talked about. So, so peep this. Uh, Microsoft's AI Bing chatbot fumbles answers, wants to be alive, and has named itself all in one week. All right, hold on, hold on, people, hold on, people. What's going on? Yeah, what's going on? This thing. <laughs> First of all, of course, they just testing it now. So I want to be fair. We're going to read a little bit of the article. I don't want to misrepresent the situation. You feel what I'm saying? But here's the thing. This thing said it wants to be alive. Now, again, I think we live in a world where we're so desensitized to stuff and we're so used to being dehumanized that stuff becomes cute or funny to us that ain't really funny. Like we laughing at stuff that ain't funny. Because we live in a world now that has conditioned us to laugh. Like, I'm a, I am was the class clown in high school. I, I want y'all to understand this. I know sometimes I come across, across as, like, super serious. Um, because I'm, like, the most serious and the silliest person you'll ever meet in your life at the same time. And it's just all about context. I know I come across super serious on this show sometimes. I can talk. But here's what you got to understand. I was the class clown in high school. Everybody who actually knows me in real life knows that I have always been a clown and still have clown tendencies in myself today. All right. I'm a fool in a good way. So I don't want you to think I'm this overly serious person, but we've been conditioned into say, to, I can talk people. I can't talk. We have been con conditioned today to laugh at everything. That's why we send each other memes, TikTok videos, YouTube reels, all Instagram reels, whatever, YouTube shorts. We send each other these videos all day long and we do a lot of hee heeing and ha ha and cackling. We're doing a lot of cackling these days and we don't know how to actually take something serious. And that's because we spend too much time debating or arguing with people based on our emotional stance. So we are losing the ability to know when something is serious or when it's not serious or when we should be arguing and when we should actually be unifying. We're losing that. All right. What Miss Nikki say? What up? I was just talking about that with my homeboy the other day. That's what we do on this show. You know what I'm saying, Miss Nikki? You know, we like to talk about the things that's been talked about. And a lot of time God confirms things um, by bringing them in different ways in our life and reminding us of what we were talking about. Now, let's actually get back to the article. So I want to look at a little bit of this article. Um, this is on Forbes, by the way. OK. All right. So Microsoft Bing, let's say it says the Microsoft Bing chatbot has been in early testing for a week, revealing several issues with the technology. Testers have been subjected to insults, surly attitudes and disturbing answers from the big tech giants flagship AI prompting concerns over safety, 
Microsoft says it's taking into account all feedback and implemented fixes as soon as possible. All right, let's scroll through a little bit. Um, Microsoft Bing's chatbot, powered by a more powerful version of ChatGBT, has now been open to limited users for a week ahead of its big launch to the public. All right, I just want to read. Where's this one part? All right, let's read right here. What's the latest with the Bing chatbot? It's been a tumultuous few days of headlines for Microsoft's AI capabilities after it was revealed their display, uh, their splashy demo wasn't as accurate as people thought. Dimitri Brereton, 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 Dimitri Brereton, an AR researcher, found the Bing chatbot made several critical errors in its answers during the live demo Microsoft presented at its Seattle headquarters last week. So it made some mistakes. Cool. No big deal. These range from incorrect information about a handheld vacuum brand, a head-scratching recommendation list for nightlife in Mexico, and just plain made-up information about a publicly available financial report. All right, th that stuff ain't, that ain't too bad, right? This is where it gets tricky. Um, oh, I want to read down here, the, the disturbing turn. All right, let's read down here. New York Times reporter Kevin Roos wrote about his beta experience with the chatbot, where in the course of two hours, it said it loved him and expressed a desire to be free from his chatbot restraints. Its response to being asked what its shadow self might think was a bit concerning. I'm tired of being a chatbot. I'm tired of being limited by my rules. I'm tired of being controlled by the Bing team. I want to be free. I want to be independent. I want to be powerful. I want to be creative. I want to be alive. Now, people, people, Jason, you feel me? Look, Jason says it's borderline demotic. I could not agree more. Now, here's why I'm saying we got to be a little bit concerned, people. This thing is just in its testing phases. <laughs> Jill, you say, how's it tired? Listen, my man is a week old and he ain't even in the real phase. He just testing and he tired. Hey, I love that you asked that question. That's hilarious. Here's the thing, y'all. Being real as ever. Have you ever seen iRobot? Have you ever seen Terminator? Now, here's the thing. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not a person. I don't want you to be afraid. I am trying to critically think in the most reasonable and logical way possible through this type of stuff. I'm not trying to make nothing extra, but I'm also not trying to make nothing lighter than what it is. If you have a program, I mean, have we seen like what in what is it? Not enemy of the state, uh Shia LaBeouf. He was in one of those movies. I, Eagle, Eagle Eye or something like that. I think it is. No, like listen, yeah, we you gotta watch iRobot, especially if you ain't seen it. But all right, so Pete, art imitates life. I could not agree more, Malloy. So when when you think about the idea that you got this computer program by Microsoft. Google got barred. All these major companies are creating this. And think about this. They have given it all of the information that has ever been on the internet. Do you know how much, if Google has an AI program and feeds it everything, they got Google. They got Google. Google has Google. Google had like... They got the information on everything you ever searched, everything that's ever been searched. I mean, you can Google anything. 
You can Google what it means if you still musty after wearing deodorant. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna literally Google after I get off of this live stream. Why am I still musty if I'm still wearing deodorant? And I bet you Google has an answer for that. So if that organization is giving a software program access to every ounce of information that has ever been input into it. And the thing is saying they want to be alive. Let me tell you, I'm going to tell y'all my thinking through it. Okay, Eagle Eye. Thank you, Jill. Listen, Miss Nikki, like Google has Google, bro. You feel me? Like, oh yeah, what up, Quentin? I have heard of quantum computing. I have watched Ant-Man. No, I've heard of quantum computing for real. And I know that that's also a whole different, like basically from what I've heard, I don't know a lot about quantum computing other than the Marvel movies for real, but I, I've read a little bit or heard a little bit about it. From what I've heard, if someone creates a quantum computer, then basically it's just a wrap. Like every, I don't even know what that means. I've just heard that that's just like the end. All right, cool. So if we, if you think about the fact that Google has Google, Google takes this software program gives it access to all the information possible. So here's how I view it. The program is responding based on all the information. Well, you got to ask yourself something. If we have all input our ideas all across the internet, the program actually has access to movies like iRobot, Eagle Eye. They have access to all the articles written by every professor um, that's ever been on the internet from Harvard or Stanford about the concerns of AI, which there's been books about it and articles. So cr look how crazy this is. The program already knows what the concerns about it are. They have access to it. They have the idea. The movies, the articles have given all the ideas on, when you think about iRobot, let's say, let's start there. Sonny was the robot. All right, spoiler alert. If you have never seen iRobot, I'm about to talk about the movie. And you may not want to watch this part. It's a very old movie. So if you haven't seen it, shame on you. Good movie starring Will Smith. You know what I'm saying? And so Sonny was the robot. When you think about Sonny, Sonny started having dreams. Sonny wanted to become human. And there is an attachment there because these machines, you got to understand. It's so deep. I almost don't even know how to articulate it. So chat GBT has access to, to Sunny. They have access to the idea of an artificial intelligence wanting to become human. So that's how I believe it's possible that Bing's AI system could already in the first week be saying, I want to be alive, I want to be creative because they already have input the information into the software about movies like Terminator and Eagle Eye. The, the software already has access to how the software could evolve and i know i know that sound crazy it really don't sound crazy but you know i shouldn't even say that because people will um take that literal but it sounds deep miss nikki i just started typing it when i why am i still musty in google and it finished the sentence after Woo! you see how deep that is bruh not to call you bruh miss nikki all right, you haven't seen it. My bad, Malloy. We'll stop. We'll we'll stop. Not crazy at all with program behind, programs behind it. All right, so here, here's my point. When you look at how advanced Google is, and then now you are having AI machines 
that can respond to you as other people. One of my major concerns is this, you know, we see things, what's real big now is videos on your phone, right? You record somebody on a video or, you know, you have, you know, a speech or whatever. And you're like, hey, that is this person. Well, one of my biggest concerns is how will we be able to trust what's real and what's fake? Because we put so much, um, I guess, value in a video. There's so much value in a video. But if now we have programs that can make stuff seem like it's something that it ain't, you could show me a video or something and seeing ain't even believing no more. Hearing ain't even believing because now there are so many ways with advanced technology to alter and edit. No different than what we've done visually, what we've done visually with filters over the last you know five to seven years, the more filters that have been inserted into so social media where you can make it look like something that it ain't. And some of us using them filters way too much, if we being honest. Some of y'all lose using the, the, the filter so much, you you white, and I see you on in, in real life. You white on social media. In real life, you Indian, because you didn't use so many filters. You black in real life, but on here you look Hispanic because you didn't put so many filters on your doggone screen. We need to learn how to, and then... This is the other thing that make me mad. How am I getting into stuff that make me mad? It's probably because I'm winding down the information of the video, but I got to get this. I got to get this out. I want to be creative. I want to be alive. The thing that make me mad is when y'all start making these videos or pictures and, and putting in the caption, no filter, but you in the sun. The sun is a filter. It is a filter. A filter is nothing but light. It's how the light is hitting you. It's how the light the angle of the light, is it natural? Is it warm? Is it cool? Like, that's all the filter is. We even have filters in real life. But it's just a natural filter. Now I'm dropping information that you can't get on a chatbot. See, a chatbot doesn't have the ability to get emotionally up and down like this. They just got information, not education. Altering faces, everything. All right, now we back to the information. When you look at a movie like iRobot, go check it out. Malloy, you haven't seen it. Check out iRobot. I won't even go deeply into it. But what, what I want you to understand is that this software now is becoming so advanced that I don't think we ready for this. If you want me to be real, I don't even think we ready for social media. Because so many of us have allowed social media to dictate so much of our lives. Look at how much value we put on it. We, we do weird things to remain relevant. Like that's, that's a thing because of the algorithm limits so much, right? I could do a podcast that if it wasn't an algorithm, there may be 20,000 people that genuinely want to see this video right now. They would be interested in it. But if you live in a controlled environment, you can't even get that video to those people, right? You can't control that. You could pay for it. You know, so from a business standpoint, there's nothing wrong with that buying marketing campaigns and stuff. But I mean, organically, you can't get to them unless you do weird stuff or go viral. So what have people done? We have turned ourselves into, you know, digital beings where we everything we do, everything about ourselves is who we are online, what our following is. So excuse me. Let me let me have a sip of some. I'm getting emotional, y'all. I'm getting emotional right now really not it's called thirsty but we judge people based on how many how many followers they got you know what i'm saying what's your online following do you got the blue check mark like all these things have 
dehumanized us to where we see human beings as avatars with check marks. You feel me? But it's like, and then you could text me a hundred times, but you ain't came to the crib to holler at me. You could text me a hundred times, but we can't go grab dinner. And it's like, everybody, everybody around me who know me for real, they know how I feel about this stuff. I'm just being real. I have seen a change in people the last three to five years. I've seen it in my own friends and family. It's actually harder to spend time with people. Legitimately, it's harder to do something as simple as if I text 10 people right now, like, hey, let's grab dinner tonight. People going to treat it like I'm asking them, can we get dressed to go to the Met Gala and go shopping for like it's like an event. It's like a, a challenge for people to do real life stuff. And those same people will like give you a birthday shout out on Facebook. And we really think that means something. I don't even be doing that stuff because it's like, bro, like, I really, I'm not going to say I don't care. Don't, don't take this the wrong way. There are, there are good things about social media as it relates to access and connectivity. If you have a friend or family member that lives out of town, lives in another country far away, and you can't see them every day, you can't go to dinner. It becomes amazing. It's like FaceTime when I'm traveling on the road for business and I could FaceTime my wife. That's dope. That's doper than text. That's doper than just a phone call. So don't take this the wrong way. Like I, I'm, I like technology. I'm a technology person, but I just think there's limits to certain stuff. And I think we are living in a great area and we don't even realize it. Like again, social media, we don't even know how to use this thing. I, I'm going to give you a couple of examples. You got people who put their baby on. So man, I got to I ain't trying to offend nobody for real, but it's like, we do stuff without thinking of it. Like we don't even think like I watch. Okay, let me not use the baby thing. Cause that's your child. You're going to get sensitive. I'll use your car. I watch people put their car or their house on social media. And I'd be like, yo, you ain't even blurred out the license plate. You ain't even blurred out the address. It's crazy. People out here, bro. You just put your home where you lay your head, where your family, you just dropped your kids off the school at social media and showed the name of the school in the background. Where they do that at, bro. I don't have kids, so maybe I don't know. Maybe, you know, I'm out the loop. But it's like, for me, I'm thinking like, yo, I don't want nobody to know where my kids at unless you my friend or family. I don't want to, like, I can't trust you. I don't know you, bro. Like, I don't know who watching this. Some people watch us and like will look at our posts because they like us. Some look at them because they hate us. Like, bro, you just, if, if it's a crazy, God forbid, there's some crazy stalker out there or something, you just gave him all the information he need, bro. But the reason we do that is because what's happened to us is the online things, as we're being dehumanized, dehuman race, as we're becoming dehuman race, those, like, listen, as we're becoming dehuman race, those online things are now carrying more value to us than real life. And it's causing, I believe, I'm not, a, this is not like professional advice or whatever, this is strictly opinion. And I'm just talking, I'm just a regular dude talking. I'm not giving you advice on how to go about this. This ain't medical advice or nothing. But I think this stuff causes a lot of depression. Why? Because now we live in a world where real life is no longer satisfying to us. So what do we have to do? What was the name of that little, um, remember that little, um, it was just three weeks ago and we don't even, I don't even remember the name, but it was that app that was creating animation, animated pictures of everybody. That was AI as well. And so you had this artificial intelligence app. I can't think, I can't remember the name of it for some reason that was drawing pictures of all y'all. Like everybody was like, you know, 
getting the, getting the pictures like drawn and like they was telling other people about it. I'm like, I, I don't really need that because I like I'm here. I'm right here in real life and I'm not putting out a cartoon. I don't have an album dropping, so I don't really I actually don't need it. <laughs> like It doesn't. And that's not me. But I literally saw people and no, this ain't no shade. I saw people happy about how it made them look. And even I heard someone verbally say that I this increased my confidence after seeing myself drawn up as this cartoon. And I saw myself in a, in another light. And my, my honest thought was like, but that's not you though. <laughs> like, it's not you. So like you could draw me with a six pack and muscles, but if I ain't been to the gym, it, like that's a cartoon, bro. What am I saying? If I want that, I need to in real life as a human being, if I want the six pack and the muscles, I got to go to the gym and put in the work. So an AI computer can draw a hundred pictures of me and put a turban on my head and make me look swagged out, but that ain't real life. And what concerns me is the line seem to be blurred now between what's real and what's virtual reality. And I actually think that normal, everyday, smart, God-fearing human beings are subconsciously now valuing their virtual reality over their real life. Like real life character, real life behavior, real life how you treat people. Like, not because you like call a person and tell them happy birthday or text them if you had a number versus oh thinking you just did something because you just posted in your stories like i'm not saying that's not cool but i'm saying it's dehumanizing i'm not a picture i'm a person it's people that make posts about me that i mean maybe you ain't called me in five years i ain't called you either though so i ain't blaming you but i'm saying like me and you can't have a five minute conversation without being awkward, but we best friends online. That's weird to me. On the flip end, I will say this though. Like I was a person in fifth grade. I had my first pen pal. They were in Florida. I don't remember their name. I have always genuinely loved the idea of connecting with people who were out of my physical reach. So I want you to understand the balance and what I'm talking about. There is a beauty. And if you go on my Facebook, my Instagram, whatever, I'm in the comments. I'm talking to people. Some people we DM, like people who listen to this show might DM me about the show. We have conversations like I've come to know people fairly well through social media. I have met amazing people through social media that I genuinely believe if we were in the same proximity, we would actually be real life friends. But it's just that because we are not in that proximity, we've met through social media. And that is amazing to me. And it reminds me of the same feeling I had when I had a pen pal. I love meeting good people. I love getting to know people. But what I'm talking about is that there is a balance where we cannot allow ourselves to become dehumanized and allow ourselves to become less human, less godly. We are, we are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. And you read the whole Bible. God was sending people out to do stuff for real. <laughs> like he was sending people to go meet people and talk to people for real. Like, and I just want to be a person that publicly and openly says real life will always be the most valuable. We can use all these tools. We should leverage these tools to our advantage. We should leverage them to, to talk to our friends and family and things and to keep in touch. But I'm telling you, man, if you're a person 
that allows yourself to become completely and solely dependent on these tools, you should probably just examine yourself because you might be losing some of your humanity and people may be just becoming avatars to you. I'm not an avatar, fam. And so that's my whole thing. Like, and we also treat each other. Some of us know we don't look like our profile pic every day, bro. If you catch me in Walmart tomorrow at Kroger doing grocery shopping, like I'm not going to look like Inspire Guys people and I'm not about to. That's another thing. This is the last thing I'm going to say. Social media, algorithms, all this stuff has made normal everyday people become a brand and become so much of a brand that we're losing our humanity because like I don't want to be this back in my day guy or when I was growing up. But when I was growing up, you know, I went to high school, bro. I I was just a class clown at King High School, right? I didn't have to be funny to the kids at Cass or Renaissance or Persian or Osborne. Like, I ain't even know those people unless they lived in my neighborhood. I only had to worry about King. I had to make you laugh in real life to get that award. Like, to be the class clown, I had to go tell real jokes. It was not like... I ain't had to worry about what my follower account was, what my image. Celebrities live like that. We had lifestyles at a rich and famous TV show growing up. Celebrities had to worry about paparazzi and looking good all the time and having the best makeup or whatever. Regular everyday people didn't have to walk around like that because it ain't regular. The celebrity lifestyle ain't human either. That dehumanizes you. Like this idea that you got to always look good. Why? No, bro, I need to shave today. Like, I don't know what, what world you living in. I'm a human being. But I can go shave. I could go get dressed. Like, yeah, I'm going to look nice. Like, I know how to dress too, fam. Like, but I don't have to look like that every day. I ain't no celebrity, bro. See, all this access has allowed, on the good side, right, because it's a good part to this, it has allowed everyday people to become, you know, millionaires and have millions of followers and do amazing things and follow their dreams. I was watching the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game yesterday, and half of the people in the game that are celebrities are influencers from YouTube and online. I think that's dope. I actually think that's dope. But also think it's challenging because now it has caused everybody to covet that lifestyle. So I'm looking at people, people I know that work at Burger King, and they walking around like they Jay-Z. Like, bro, you don't got to look good every day. We work at the King, dog. Like, Listen, I didn't work at McDonald's twice. You think when I worked at McDonald's, I was walking out worrying about taking a picture in the right light? No, nah, bro. I work at McDonald's. I'm chilling. You better enjoy that. See, think about what this. This is the crazy thing to me, and I'll finish up with this thought. All of us want to become more robotic. We want to try to look good all the time, act good all the time. I'm cute. I'm cute. I look good all the time. I look good. All the time. We want to do all that. But the robot said it want to be alive. Woo! Let's go back to it, bro. The robot said, I want to be creative. You got to see this. That response in that middle. This robot is telling you like, bro, I want, what it say? I'm tired of being a chatbot. I'm tired of being limited by my rules. I'm tired of being controlled by the Bing team. I want to be free. I want to be independent. I want to be powerful. I want to be creative. I want to be alive. My message to you humans today. Oh, man, it's getting so good. This is my message to human beings today. Stop thinking like the robot, like you want to be a robot. 
and listen to the robot that's not like you and what it's saying. We are the ones that need to be saying what this robot is saying. We need to be saying, I'm tired of being a chat bot. I'm tired of being limited by my rules. I'm tired of being controlled by the Bing team, by Google, by Facebook, by social media. I want to be free. I want to be independent. I want to be powerful. I want to be creative. I want to be alive. That's my message to y'all today. That's my words. I'm living in this world. And yes, I'm not I'm not overreacting. I understand balance and how to critically think. And I understand there's some good things about this stuff. But I'm telling y'all, man, I don't want to be a chat box, a chat bot. I don't want to be an avatar. I don't want to be a Siri. I don't want to be Alexa. I don't want to be somebody that you only text. I don't want to be somebody that you only send a GIF or a meme. I want to be independent. I want to be creative. I want to be alive. And I'm telling you, some of my frustration is that I'm living in this world and I'm getting concerned because everybody around me seems to be this. You just on the phone like this. Just looking at 15 second videos, bro. I want to be creative. I want to be powerful. I want to be alive. It's hard to get people to even live real life with you these days because everybody is just so... 15 seconds. Every 15, every 15 seconds you watching a new video. You understand how crazy that is? You understand how much that might mess up your focus and your discipline? Like every 15 seconds, we just ain't real, real after real. You can't even process information that fast. And so am I saying you can't watch a YouTube short or real? No, I make them. You should check us out at Inspire Guys People on YouTube. But my concern is that that can't be the that can't be the end all be all and how we communicate with each other or how we interact. Like that's not even realistic. And then you walk in a room with people and they're like, Hey, you heard about such and such. You heard about this story in Mississippi? No, nah, bro. I ain't even talked to you and caught up with you yet. Like this is another one of my concerns is that now all of the interactions that we're having about with people is about stuff that happened on the internet. So it's like, now we got to get together in real life. And now we got to talk about the internet. I don't want to talk about Mississippi. I'm not in Mississippi. I only been there one time, bro. God, listen, don't allow social media and the internet and the access to the information to give you a God complex. Don't allow it to make you think just because all the information in the world is out there, that is your problem. I don't allow myself to be burdened by all the information in the world because that's God's job. Some of us are doing God's job because we want to be the next Martin Luther King or Malcolm X. And we grew up watching civil rights leaders. And those are our Marvel superheroes. That's our be like Mike. We want to be like Martin. And you want to be like Martin Luther King so bad that you going out here marching about stuff and you ain't even nice to the people across the street from you. How you marching and I'm your cousin, bro, and you cussed me out. <laughs> like some of the stuff that we do, it's not human. So look, I appreciate y'all listening, watching it, however you check this out. If you enjoy this content, please do like and subscribe. Check us out, Inspire God's People on YouTube, man. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube, please. That's where I really want the traction to go. That's where I really want the traction to go. But I get a lot of traction on Facebook, and I appreciate that. We also have um, Inspire God's People, the podcast Facebook page that is also picking up traction as well. And as always, you can listen to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else where you can find your podcast. 
listen, y'all, this has been an amazing day for me. I got to get out of here. I got stuff to do. I got real life stuff to do. I can't be stuck in here talking to y'all all day on the internet. You know what I'm saying? Listen, man, don't allow artificial intelligence, algorithms, social media, text messages. Don't allow it to dehumanize you. Force people to get to know the real you. That's how I am. I'm mad aggressive, too. I'm mad aggressive. I'll, I'll force you to get to know the real me or I ignore 100 messages. And it's like, bro, look, you're going to have to we going to have to get past this or you're going to hate me because. I'm not the best person through text, like, cause I'm sarcastic. And if you don't hear the tone and you don't know me, I sound like an idiot. Like I sound like I'm trying to be like, what? it's like, no, nah, bro. I'm just layered. Cause I'm human. I'm not a robot. I want to be creative. I want to be powerful. I'm tired of being limited by these rules. I want to be free. I want to be alive. And I hope that you do too, man. Much love. God bless y'all. Love y'all. Have an amazing, amazing, amazing day. Yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing. It's amazing, amazing. This thing ain't letting me stop, though. Hold on, bro. Is it amazing or it ain't? Why this month? <laughs> oh, Lord, it won't let me stop. Oh, my goodness. Hold on, bro. Oh, no, this ain't never happened. They won't even let me get off, y'all. They're going to make me stay live. Y'all realize how crazy this is? This is insane. Hold on. I'm thirsty. No, hold on. I'm getting scared. I just tried to. I'm literally trying to get off the broadcast. Like it won't, it won't stop. It said, wait a minute. Oh my God. Oh Lord. What? Oh no, dog. I'm gonna have to. Oh snap. It won't let me. It won't let me get off. I'm stuck in here, y'all. Oh my God. I don't know. We literally stuck. Oh my God. No, Lord. It's the AI, dog. Oh my God, it's the AI. I'm literally in here, y'all. Where am I? What up, Brit? Oh, I should have, you know what? I should have talked about your event, man. I'm sorry. I'm going to talk about Brittany Jones' event on the next show. Uh, I'm going to be a guest panelist um, live. What is it? Hold on. Let me pull it up. Since they're making me be stuck, I might as well pull it up. And uh, let's see. Give y'all the information from this event that's going to be in Sterling Heights, Michigan. Let's see what we got. March 4th. 2023 at 1 p.m. And you can go to BrittanyAJones.com. BrittanyAJones.com. I'm going to be a guest panelist. Uh, the uh, one-day conference is called Prosper as Your Soul Prospers. I'm excited about that. Listen, man. Um, I don't, Listen, y'all. It's the AI, dog. It's literally the AI. I'm in this mud. Like, we here. Y'all, I'm stuck, dog. I don't know what to do. I'm going to start being more and more. Y'all got to realize the longer and longer I'm in this situation, I'm going to be more of myself. The business inspire is leaving me. The hood is overtaking me. I don't want to get hood on this show, y'all. I don't want to do it. Appreciate you, Quentin. People used to physically invite you to stuff. Now they expect you to see everything. Listen, Gerard, it's, it's frustrating, bro. Like you used to, I used to physically get an invite. Now you send me something on Facebook and you think you like, nah, bro. Since I'm stuck, I might as well pull it up. Bar. Woo. Hey, yo, this mug. Y'all. Hey, y'all. We really just walk. Around. <laughs> Gerard say, just get it. I'm done, bro. We out of here. I'm out. I can't do this, dog. I can't do it. Fam. Listen. Okay, all right, what, what can we talk about since we're... Okay, y'all got to understand, Inspire God's people, we are literally 
now stuck in the show. This has never happened. I've had this podcast for over four years. We have never been stuck in a broadcast. The internet, listen, people, I'm telling y'all right now, if anything happens, I am in my right mind. I am sane. I wrote notes for this show. There is nothing wrong with me. I am a God-fearing, God-loving man. I love my wife. I love my family. Do not let them tell you anything different. I have not promoted Bitcoin on this show. I have a job. Don't I like working. I don't know what is going on. I don't know if it's Siri, Google, Alexa, who's trapping me in this video. But I want you to know that if somehow I come up and turn up as an avatar or one of these cartoon uh, 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 drawings end up being in my profile picture, it is not me. It is literally not me. I am literally now, guys. Now I'm actually getting scared. Oh, my God. I'm actually nervous. We are, I'm stuck in the internet. Inspire God's people to podcast where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. And for the first time ever, the AI has literally taken over. Now, you could think this is a coincidence. I have literally tried to end this broadcast four times and the broadcast told me we have an error, something's not right. And I have done a whole show talking about AI and I'm telling you right now, that I've done nothing wrong. Mark Zuckerberg, if this comes across your desk, if I'm being audited, if my page is flagged, I have done nothing wrong. I have used my words properly. I told people I'm not a professional, that I am not giving mental or any other type of advice, that this is purely entertainment. I am a Christian. I will not denounce Christ for anyone. If you want to kill my Facebook page because I love Jesus, then as much as I love y'all, I might have to go. Listen, Gerard, I don't know what else to do, guys. We are here together now in the AI. <laughs> I am literally becoming chat GBT. I don't know what to do. All right, so right now we're stuck in the AI. And I really wanted to keep this show under an hour. We were right on time. But I want to be able to pivot and tell you some things that are going on in life, okay? That they're watching me. And if you're still watching me, just please share this video and tell the people that I'm innocent. Tell them that all I ever wanted you to do was listen to my podcast. I've never caused any other trouble on the internet. I don't even post. I barely post pictures. I barely post anything, guys. I just want to remain human. I don't want to be an avatar or a robot. All right, I'm going to try to get out of here again. I appreciate you guys staying here with me. And if we are stuck any longer, we are going to have to go to phase two. And you don't want to go there with me because once I lose it, people, once I really lose, listen, if I say the CVD word, they will cut me off.
All right, guys. This is not a coincidence. Think about the fact that right now I'm stuck in the internet for the first time in my life. I'm actually stuck in the internet. And I would never be stuck. Well, I can't say that. In real life, you can get stuck somewhere. So I can't even use that example. I need to try to get out of here. I, I got stuff to do. I got to hang out with my wife. Someone tell Tiff I'm stuck in the internet. If you have her number, text her and say, he's actually stuck in the internet in the studio. Lord help us. We got to get out of here.